With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. All right, well, it is never boring in New York City, never boring around the New York Knicks who had a splashy offseason signing with Jalen Brunson. May not be done making moves this offseason with the Knicks uh, linked to Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz trying to revamp their backcourt, add another star uh, to New York. Talk about that and much more. I want to bring in my friend Ian Begley. Does a great job covering the Knicks, the Nets, and the entire NBA over at SNY. Ian, what's happening, man? Happy uh, end of July. Happy end of July to you too, my friend. Uh, <laughs> traditionally, things have been a little quieter at this point in the NBA calendar, but not in the last few off seasons, and certainly not this off season uh, here in New York between the Knicks and the Nets. No, oh, definitely not. I want to focus on the Knicks, though, with you today. And before we get into some of the Donovan Mitchell stuff, the Jalen Brunson stuff, um, you are a Knicks beat writer. You cover the team uh, regularly. Uh, what was your reaction to how the whole Jalen Brunson press conference, non-press conference went down in New York? Not surprised. Um, you know, this this kind of thing has happened on and off with the Knicks really for a long time now. Um, and I, I don't love it because 
uh, I guess not first and foremost, but one of the reasons, at least talking about it publicly, I, I'm old school, I guess. I don't think the media should ever be a story or, or you know, discuss topic of conversation. But, you know, in this case, obviously, uh, the Knicks made a decision and they made the media a topic of conversation. Uh, I, I do think that the idea that this was driven by the Donovan Mitchell trade speculation and reporters asking Jalen Brunson about Mitchell or not asking him about Mitchell. Uh, I don't think that that was a primary factor here. This has kind of been uh, the MO for the group under owner James Dolan uh, for a little bit, a little while now. I think it's, they're doing stuff that's mandated by the league and anything that's not mandated, by, mandated by the league is hit or miss. Uh, so this was not entirely surprising, and I, I do think it it ultimately comes from the top. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'll be honest. I'm I've become more disappointed by the NBA than I am by the Knicks. Um, I, I've come to expect this from the Knicks. And look, I wasn't going to be there one way or the other, but I would have liked to have had reporters like yourself and others there to not so much talk about Donovan Mitchell. I don't even, that doesn't really interest me all that much. The TikTok though, of how Brunson got to New York interests me. Like when he decided to leave Dallas, the influence of his father on the coaching staff. These are all perfectly legitimate questions that I think would generate interesting answers and answers that people would want to know about it. Um, instead, we got what we got, which was an MSG televised uh, fan event hosted by an MSG network and Bill Pito, which I don't blame you know MSG uh, reporters, people there for doing it, but it definitely was a press conference. And you know, the NBA, they just, they're so afraid of the Knicks. Like they're just terrified of them. I don't know why they don't, you know, put their foot down in situations like this. They just seem so reluctant to confront the Knicks, who are absolutely going to abide by the letter of the rules when it comes to media access, but not really the spirit. The spirit of the rules would say, let media in, let them ask their questions, let Jalen Brunson be introduced to New York. Jalen Brunson went out and did like J.J. Reddick's podcast after that. Like he was doing media after that. The Knicks just, you know, didn't make him available. And the NBA just lets the Knicks walk all over them. And I think I'm disappointed more in the league at this point than I am uh, the Knicks. But we'll see if anything changes going forward. I'm not optimistic about that. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, let me ask you, you, you want to add something there? I didn't know. Uh, one thing I'd add, Chris, yeah. is just the unfortunate thing just outside looking in is that that night and the next day should have been all about Jalen Brunson and, you know, his story and whatever he had to say at the press conference, you know, his future in New York and how, you know, the, uh, the smart money says no matter what happens, if Jalen Brunson is Jalen Brunson, to borrow Mike Francesa phrase, he's going to help the Knicks. He's going to elevate the Knicks. So that should have been the focus. And then, you know, the focus in some corners turns into the media policy and takes away from Jalen Brunson. I think that's, you know, one of the unfortunate aspects of this whole thing. Yeah, and like Jalen Brunson, like he wouldn't be prepared to answer a question about Donovan Mitchell. He could have given an answer like, you know, I'm here to play with the guys that are here. Uh, you know, the, the basic generic boilerplate deflection. That would have been the end of it. And then yeah. he would have moved on to other more positive things around Jalen Brunson, which is kind of what I want to talk about right now. I mean, the Knicks, they paid a premium for Jalen Brunson. Four years, in excess of $100 million to get their new starting point guard. It has been a long time, In I think I was still in college when the Knicks had a franchise point guard uh, on their team. Um, they paid a lot for Jalen Brunson. How much better does Brunson make them, and how do you see him fitting into Tom Thibodeau's system in New York? You know, I think he fits well when you look at 
the kind of point guard that they needed with this roster, at least the roster as it stands today. What are we? Uh, what is it, Chris? Around two o'clock Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So the roster as it stands right now, I think he's he's a strong fit because if you look offensively, you know we know what he did with Luka Doncic, and we know the kind of success the Mavs had when he was on the floor with Doncic, but also when he was on the court without Doncic. But just focus on, on Doncic. You know, obviously with the Knicks, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett had the ball in their hands a significant amount of time. I think that it, they need the ball in their hands to be effective on offense. And so to have a, a dribble-heavy point guard, a point guard who, you know, had the ball, you know, majority of their shot clock to try to make something happen, I don't think that would have made sense for the Knicks. But with Brunson and the role that he played as a complimentary piece to Luka Doncic, I, I think that really fits well with this Nick offense. But, you know, there are concerns internally, certainly, about the other side of the ball with Brunson and incumbent starter Evan Fournier. There's concerns about the defensive pairing of that backcourt, which, you know, I, I think logical for any fan who pays attention to the league. They would have similar concerns. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks do on the other end of the floor, which is, you know, obviously a big focus for Tom Thibodeau. But offensively, I think you look at what happened in Dallas and you can see how it makes sense for Brunson to slide in as the lead guard with New York. That's a challenging defensive backcourt for sure, to to put it mildly. Um, you know, when I talk to people in Dallas about Brunson, two things come out. One, they love him personally. Like he has been a great, he was a great guy, a great teammate, great locker room guy. Really talented guy, efficient scorer, like someone that's like that scoring ability in whatever role is going to carry over to New York. Like he is going to be a guy that's an efficient scorer for the Knicks. But the one thing I heard was like people focused a lot on how do we hide Luka Doncic defensively in the playoffs. They were doing a lot of hiding of Jalen Brunson. So, you know, how does that work when you have Evan Fournier out there as well, who was a net minus on the defensive side. I mean, what kind of creativity will Tom Thibodeau, Darren Ehrman, and the rest of that staff have to kind of piece together to make it all work? I mean, is it is it almost to the point where you have to find someone other than Evan Fournier? And we'll get to Mitchell in a second down the line, what that may mean for them. But like, if it is this current roster, can Fournier and Brunson coexist in the same backcourt? I think, you know, there are people, I know there are people internally who who feel like there has to be a different configuration, whether it's starting Quentin Grimes at shooting guard, uh, who had a nice rookie season, uh, strong defensively in the minutes that he played last year, shifting R.J. Barrett to the shooting guard position, uh, which would then cause a ripple effect elsewhere in the rotation. But I know that there, you know, some people internally feel that there's got to be a, another configuration here where Evan Fournier, uh, if he's here next season is coming off the bench and you have a different shooting guard to, to increase the defensive capability of that backcourt. Cause there are concerns there. And so, yeah, whether it's a, a, another player, not on the roster or a player on the roster, I think there will be a significant consideration given to shifting the starting lineup in a way that uh, prevents that Brunson Fournier backcourt from being the first lineup you see out there. If you're a Nick fan. Yeah. And I like the Fournier off the bench role uh, for him. I think he can be effective and has been effective in that role uh, in the past. That could be something that you could slide back into uh, with the Knicks. You mentioned Quentin Grimes. You know, got an, uh, watched a little bit of him at Summer League, watched some of Jericho Sims at Summer League. I hate to read too much into Summer League, Ian, because it just, 
it is what it is. But, right. you know, like w- when you talk to people within New York about Grimes, about Sims, about some of these other young guys that they need to take a step forward, I mean, who are they excited about there? Like who do they see making an impact with this team next season? Yeah, I think with Grimes, uh, he's at the top of that conversation because, you know, there are people there when you talk about potential trades. I know we'll talk about Mitchell a little bit later. Uh, even going back to that Cam Reddish deal that happened during last season, you know, Atlanta was asking about Grimes, wanted Grimes, and decision top decision makers within the organization did not want to put Grimes in that deal. So that tells you um, how they feel about Quentin Grimes and, and his future. Uh, at least at the top of the the chain there in New York. And so, yeah, I think there's optimism about Grimes, uh, certainly with R.J. Barrett, you know, extension eligible. I think there's optimism uh, on both sides that a, that a deal can be reached there. And so that tells you how they feel about Barrett and his development thus far. Mitchell Robinson, you know, it's funny to talk about him as a young player, but he's still very young. Hmm. Uh, so he he's a guy who obviously the, the Knicks – thought enough of him to bring him back on a four-year $60 million deal. And now he is he is seen as a pivotal piece of that defense. And we talked about the backcourt earlier, Chris. You know, I think one reason why maybe there's not uh, – the panic is not at a 10 over there uh, at Tupin Plaza is because you'll have Mitchell Robinson back there to clean up some mistakes uh, if the, the backcourt kind of gets blown by or is in bad rotations. You'll have Robinson back there to erase some of those mistakes. So Robinson obviously is another player that they're very high on. There, there are young guys that they feel really good about. It's part of the reason that they can be uh, in these conversations about potential trades. Obviously, uh, first and foremost is the bevy of draft picks that they have, but they do feel optimistic about some of these young guys that they have. Emmanuel quickly will be topping as well. well. You know, you mentioned Cam Reddish. What's the, what's the sense on Reddish over in New York? Because, I mean, there was reporting at the time of the deal with Atlanta that, you know, Tom Thibodeau and the front office were not on the same page on Cam Reddish. And it seemed like Tibbs all but confirmed that reporting by not really playing him early on uh, in that role. So how do you see Reddish fitting in with this team next season? To me, that's a that's a interesting kind of litmus test or bellwether of, of how decisions are being made. Because uh, if you get to next season, and you see Cam Reddish in the rotation getting regular minutes, then you you know, or at least I would deduce that, you know, the front office and the coaching staff, Tom Thibodeau, have kind of come together, had conversations about Reddish and uh, why he would need to be playing. If you see Reddish out of the rotation like he was uh, immediately after he got traded to New York, then we know that, that Tom Thibodeau, or at least I would deduce that Tom Thibodeau, has uh, full decision-making power on his rotation. So to me, that's that's kind of a litmus test for where this Nick uh, organization is in a decision-making process with Cam Reddish. You know, you talk to people at the Knicks, they have different opinions on him. Uh, you, you know, you've, you've heard the idea that, hey, uh, why are we talking about his playing time so much? Obviously, uh, you know, we see him every day in practice. And this was last year before Reddish got hurt. And, and kind of we know what we're looking at. And then, you know, the flip side of it is, hey, we brought him in. We, we traded Kevin Knox and a, and a protected first rounder to bring him here. He should be playing. This doesn't make sense. So that, it did shine a light on the idea that not everyone was always rowing in the same direction uh, with the Knicks last season. And this is a very important year coming up for Leon Rose and the whole group. So I think, you know, uh, being at least in lockstep on decisions like a Cam Reddish, uh, would really help the group 
navigate what's going to be a tough season and then maybe find some calm waters, calmer waters at the other end, other end of this thing. Excuse me. Yeah, let's talk about the importance of this year for the Knicks. Uh, Leon Rose, in one of his first acts as team president, hires Tom Thibodeau, somebody he used to represent. Um, it was criticized at the time. You know, Tom Thibodeau maybe not being the right fit for this type of team. Tibbs goes out in his first year, vindicates, validates, whatever word you want to use, that hiring, wins coach of the year. The team plays exceptionally well uh, in the regular season um, and, and, and shows the Tibbs is still a good coach. Last year, not so much. Last year was just a disaster uh, for most of it, start to finish, uh, and the Knicks finish uh, outside the playoffs. Um, looking at Tibbs specifically, how big a year is this for him? Big year, in my mind. Um, because, you know, there was – we did. We had reporting at the time, Chris, and, and others did too, that, that there was uh, a, a loss of confidence in Thibodeau among you know uh, key stakeholders at the Garden um, middle of last year when things were really bad, and Leon Rose, uh, was, you know, essentially had the green light to make the decision that he felt best for the organization uh, from ownership, from owner Jim Dolan, and he decided obviously to keep Thibodeau. Uh, is loyal to Thibodeau. And so now you're going into a year where you mentioned it, Chris, you take a step back in year two um, and, and you decide to keep your coach. You, I think in my mind, you need to see a strong start to the season from this Nick team. And I'm not saying that they have to, you know, start the season with an incredible record, but I think you have to see a, a cohesive unit, a team that's battling night in and night out and, and a team that, you know, looks competent and looks like it can make a run at you know play-in tournament or a low playoff seed in the East, and if you if you see disarray, if you see uh, uneven results early on this year, you know, I, I just wonder what that would mean for Thibodeau, given the context of everything that we talked about last year. Yeah, uh, it's a massively important year. As loyal as Leon is to Tibbs, if the first half of the season looks a lot like the entirety of last season, I wonder if Tibbs makes it. Uh, to the end of the year. It certainly is an open question. Um, a lot of how the Knicks play is going to depend on what the roster looks like. We know what it looks like right now, but the Knicks' pursuit and interest in Donovan Mitchell has been an open secret for some time. We know they've talked to the Jazz on some level about a deal involving Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what's your understanding of how, you know, how interested are the Knicks in Donovan Mitchell? What does Donovan Mitchell represent to the New York Knicks? Yeah, I think the interest is strong, uh, you know, particularly from, you know, people who would be you know, ultimately pulling the trigger on a, on a trade. I think the interest is strong. And I think you look at this in a big picture sense, right? The idea that you did what you did to bring in Jalen Brunson and, and what you did was you traded off several contracts that you had signed uh, less than a year prior um, and to open up the cap space to sign Brunson. And uh, from what I had heard then was, you know, the Knicks didn't see Brunson as some kind of savior that was going to turn around the franchise from a bottom line win-loss perspective, but that he uh, was seen as a strong piece to add to this young core that they like. And then, you know, you go after another player. Well, that other player is Donovan Mitchell right now. And I think that if you're the Knicks, if you pass up on this opportunity, what's the next opportunity going to be? Is it going to be something that is more feasible, is more favorable to you from a trade perspective. That's a big risk to take in my mind, uh, based on, you know, what we talked about already, Chris, with the first two years of, of Leon Rose and his group and where they are now. 
can you afford to take that risk to pass up on this opportunity to wait for the next big player to potentially hit the market and and to position yourself for that deal? Uh, that'd be a big bet in my mind. So I, I really think that the Knicks will be aggressive here in trying to complete a deal for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, obviously, Danny Ainge is in no rush to make a deal. There's no trade deadline here, right? So no one is forced to make any decision anytime soon. But I do think uh, out of the teams that have interest in Mitchell, the Knicks will be aggressive and they do have the opportunity to put the be- to put together the best package from a draft pick perspective. Yeah, and I have no concerns about the fit of Donovan Mitchell in New York, at least not as much as some other people do. Mitchell was a minus defender last year, but I think there's room for growth there. You know, I, I think if he comes into camp in better shape, I think if he is more dedicated on that end, he can be an average to above average defender at the guard position. My, my concern, and you sort of touched on it, like what do the Knicks give up to go and get him? You're dealing with Danny Ainge here. And Danny Ainge has historically only pulled the trigger on deals that he absolutely believes he's going to win. You go back to the deal with Brooklyn that wound up building the Celtics of today, 10 years later. Uh, The deal with Minnesota, you know, that opened a lot of eyes with the number of draft picks the Timberwolves surrendered to get Rudy Gobert. And now you've got Donovan Mitchell, who, as you point out, you know, has years on his contract. Danny's not in any rush to make a deal uh, for Donovan Mitchell. And there are going to be other suitors out there. I mean, Miami, if they don't get Kevin Durant, they're going to be looking around going, well, you know, maybe we'll try Donovan Mitchell. We've got Tyler Hero in draft picks to deal. Uh, Phoenix, you know, they could look around and say, well, we can't make a, a Durant deal. How about Mikhail Bridges, bunch of draft picks to um, to New York, uh, to, uh, sorry, to Utah in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. Could be another team that lurks out there. Toronto, maybe, that wants a piece of Donovan Mitchell. Bottom line is, the Jazz are in a pretty advantageous negotiating position. And my concern, if I was a Knicks fan, would be that we get Donovan Mitchell, but we give up the store to go and get him. We give up a whole bunch of draft picks, young players, and the value we get for Donovan Mitchell is not equal to the value that we're giving up. Yeah, I think it's absolutely a fair concern, Chris. And I think in talking to people who had been in touch with the Knicks, really, I want to say during the postseason and in a few weeks after the postseason, I know that there was a concern among people in the organization of paying the price that it would take uh, from a a roster perspective and getting a player like Donovan Mitchell and the idea that, you know, you want to have enough left over on that roster post-trade to be able to compete, to be able to do what a team would want to do if you're if you have Donovan Mitchell and, and Jalen Brunson and other young players on the roster. So that is certainly a concern shared by some people internally. And so I think that the Knicks, at least at the moment, uh, I was told that they have a place where they're comfortable with regards to Donovan Mitchell trade. And that was established maybe, uh, you know, 10 days, a couple of weeks ago. And so then then it was about waiting for the rest of the market to form around Mitchell what teams, what other teams were willing to offer, and then kind of where the Knicks stood in comparison to those other teams. So I think that the Knicks, uh, whatever they do here, they're certainly cognizant of the idea that, you know, if you leave the cupboard bare and you get Donovan Mitchell, it's going to be a step sideways. It's going to be a neutral move. And I I think a lot of people want to guard against that in New York. But as you said, (laughs) Danny Ainge um, was holding the cards here. And he could certainly force the issue, force the Knicks' hand on giving up a little bit more than they're comfortable with. The Knicks have 
more than enough draft picks to deal to satisfy Utah. Where they may come up short is in the young piece, the centerpiece of a deal that gets Mitchell, unless they're willing to put R.J. Barrett in a deal. What's your sense on the availability of Barrett? Is Barrett off limits in a deal for Donovan Mitchell? I don't believe anyone is 100% off limits. I don't believe that's the case. I I know that the Knicks don't want to trade R.J. Barrett. Certainly the idea would be to bring Donovan Mitchell in and have R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson and and whoever else is left over, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, and and the group um, to go compete uh, for a playoff spot with. The idea would not be to send R.J. Barrett out and bring Donovan Mitchell in. However, uh, Utah, again, is in an advantageous position. There's been some reporting um, that Utah wants has no interest in R.J. Barrett, I, at least based on what I've been told and for people that I trust. That, that's not the case. Utah actually asked for a package that included Barrett very early on in their talks with the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks declined the offer because it was well, like four players and uh, <laughs> more than three picks. It was, it was a big ask. So the Knicks said no. But that at least tells you that Utah has some interest in R.J. Barrett. And I, and I think that depending on who you ask and who is uh, – I think Leon Rose is making the final call, but depending on who's in that group kind of pushing uh, at the end of this thing, there will be people with the Knicks that say, hey, we need Donovan uh, if it takes R.J. To, to do it, so be it. I don't think, though, that that would be the consensus, and I would be surprised if that was ultimately the case. But when you ask me if R.J. Barrett's off limits, I don't think any player would be off limits uh, in this kind of deal. Yeah, I I do think the Jazz like R.J. Barrett. Um, You look back at the players Danny Ainge has drafted during his time with the Celtics, they look a lot like R.J. Barrett. You know, wing, multi-positional players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, guys that can do a little bit of everything, not to compare Barrett to Brown or Tatum, who are both all-stars, Tatum, all-NBA, MVP candidate, but... Young player, can do a lot of those same things. Um, I think they would like to get their hands on R.J. Barrett. Question is, will the Knicks uh, ultimately give them up? We'll see, man. Uh, You're in the wrong market, Ian, for a summer vacation, but I hope you get some time off, my friend. And uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Anytime, Chris. Always good to be with you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, the Celtics season just ended about a month or so ago, but uh, still a lot of drama, a lot to talk about regarding the Celtics. The Kevin Durant trade rumors have heated up this week. ESPN and The Athletic both reporting that the Celtics have been engaged in trade talks with the Nets for Kevin Durant. The Athletic reporting that Jalen Brown was at the center of those trade talks. To unpack that, and much more. I want to bring in my friend Chris Forsberg. Does a great job covering the Celtics over at NBC Sports Boston. Forsberg, I, I wanted to talk to you because I know you and I are mm. probably going to disagree during this discussion about what the Celtics would do there, would do with this uh, deal. But let's start here. Um, were you surprised to see these reports come out about the Celtics' interest in Kevin Durant? No, because it would be professional malpractice if, Brad Stevens didn't call the Brooklyn Nets to explore what was possible when a, a player of Kevin Durant's magnitude comes on the market. And the one thing I like keep going back to is like, there's no formal offer system in the NBA. It's not like your fantasy league where it's like you click two guys and you send it over and your buddy rejects it. And where else are you going to start conversations except with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? So it's, it's not surprising to me that if you call the Brooklyn Nets and inquire about Kevin Durant, that the conversation goes, to Jalen Brown. And then you've got like basic parameters of a deal. Like you got to match salary. And so you start throwing other pieces in there. And I think probably 29 teams across the league had that conversation. Um, the, the timing of it to me is a little suspicious that, you know, as uh, the Nets are probably want to, like, I, I, I expect Sean Marks what, like, would like to, to relax a little bit and know what his roster is for next season. So maybe it was designed a little bit to jumpstart uh what the, the the other teams that are out there but uh ultimately the Celtics have probably the single best piece to start a deal and so it's no surprise to me that uh they're at least in that conversation especially as other suitors potentially start to fade you know Ken Boston you know you're not going to get Kevin Durant at a discount but maybe then less than you had expected to pay so I think it's all just part of the puzzle so it, the athletic report that the Celtics offered a package of Jalen Brown, Derek White, multiple draft picks in exchange for Kevin Durant. The Nets ultimately rejected that deal. They turned around and asked for Marcus Smart uh, in a trade. But if the Nets had been willing to do the deal that the Celtics had put on the table, mm. if you were Brad Stevens, would you do it? 
you, you, you've called my bluff here because you know I'm going to go to bat for Jalen Brown in a few minutes, but uh, <laughs> that deal is mighty enticing. Here's, here's the ultimate crux of any are you trading Jalen Brown decision, and is what does Brad Stevens know about what Jalen Brown wants in the future? So he's got two years left on his deal. He's going to reject whatever contract extension they put in front of him this year. If for the simple logistics of he can earn $8 million more per season uh, afterward and that the the archaic extension rules right now make it non-tenable for him to, to agree to an extension. So yeah, and let, let's be let's be clear on that one. It's not if Jalen Brown and when Jalen Brown rejects any extension, which I don't even know if the Celtics would offer because they know he's going to reject it. It's largely because he signed that below market deal mm-hmm. a few years ago, which prevents the Celtics from going full max on him on an extension. So that's right. So you could offer 120% of his final year salary starting this summer or in October. He's not going to go there. If he's all NBA this year, which is possible because the Celtics should be pretty good. You can talk about a potential maximum extension after that, but you know, there's could be a CBA renegotiation. There's a whole bunch of things at play here. So it, the, the, the ultimate crux of the matter is like, he's probably going to wait till summer of 24 and explore free agency. Now, if you're Brad Stevens and you have any inkling and people in front offices know a lot better than we do how players are feeling, although, you know, even sometimes the circles are so small, you don't know quite which way they're leaning. But if they have any inkling at all that Jalen Brown is not committed long term, that he doesn't just fully expect to sign a max deal, if the Celtics don't feel like they want to offer a max deal, which would surprise me, then you have to at least explore situations like this where you get an upgrade in talent. So you could tell me that Derek White is somewhat expendable now with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon. I do think the Celtics need, based on health issues, as much depth. And we just came off a finals where the Celtics didn't have enough depth overall. So I am worried about adding pieces of rotation talent on top of Jalen Brown. But that deal alone, when it's someone of Kevin Durant's magnitude, I probably would pull the trigger on it. And that's probably the first time anyone's gotten me to utter those words because in general, I am reluctant because I think the price tag one is going to be far more based on what the Rudy Gobert's of the world uh, have gone for. And once you get into that territory, I think it's counterproductive and it's, there's a lot more volatility with how it might play out, which is why in like the grand scheme of things, I'm reluctant to go down this road of like that Kevin Durant could ever really be a Celtic. Yeah. I would be reluctant to move Jalen Brown for anyone other than a player of Kevin Durant's caliber. And when Jalen Brown has been discussed in trade talks before, it has been for all NBA level talent, Mm -hmm. like Kawhi Leonard, just as he was leaving San Antonio, Anthony Davis at the very end of his time in New Orleans, MVP level players at the peak of their powers. Um, So it's, it's no real insult to Jalen Brown to be included in these types of deals. Kevin Durant, if he had been able to stay healthy last year, you know, would have been probably top three, maybe even the MVP of the Mm -hmm. league at this point. So the question is going to become, do the Nets come off their demands and reduce Mm -hmm. their demands to Boston and the rest of the league with regards to Kevin Durant? Or do the Celtics beef up their offer? And there are two ways to kind of look at this. I know there are teams, including Boston now, that are... You may use the phrase, call call your bluff. Like, they're waiting to call the Nets bluff a little bit. They sure. don't believe that the Nets are really willing to run it all back, to bring Durant to camp, to bring Kyrie to camp, to bring mm-hmm. that band back together and see what you can do. On paper, that team looks great, but that's not how games are won. That's a very volatile team you'd be bringing into training camp. So I get the feeling, Chris, that all this stuff involving Durant – 
is most likely on pause until late August, early Mm -hmm. September. Because right around then, we're going to get a feel for what the Nets really want to do. And if they call Boston or Phoenix or Miami or whoever it may be and say, look, we're going to come down off our asking price, then I think think things will heat up a little bit. And then I think the Celtics might be in a good position because Miami, we know, can't offer Bam Adebayo right. in a deal because Ben Simmons and Adebayo, because of contracts, cannot be on the same roster. DeAndre Aiden can't be traded at all until January 15th and then can't be traded without his permission in that first year. So Mikael Bridges is not better than Jalen Brown. They will have the best player in that deal. So that's why maybe I'm more optimistic that Kevin Durant will be a Celtic because I don't believe the Nets will want to run this thing back. And when they come to that conclusion... And when they start to really look around and get serious, I think the Celtics, without including Marcus Smart, will have the most to offer in a trade. And, and that's why I think the Celtics are in in the mix for sure. And that's why they're in the conversation because as absurd as it sounds to get Kevin Durant for a discount, you know, you got to be in that in that in that play, especially given his contract status with four years left. My whole thing has been, I, I wonder what that that how far you bluff and like, can the Nets get to the point where they're just like, okay, we're going to take Jalen Brown and Derek white and all these number 30 picks that the Celtics will give us because even spaced out two years and deep into the future, there's no guarantee those are going to be anywhere near the lottery. And so at that point, I think if I'm Sean Marks and the Nets, I'm thinking, you know, as, as uncomfortable as it might be, isn't it better to have Kevin Durant and figure out everything around him, like make it more tenable for him to want to be around? Um, I've always thought the first shoe to drop is like figuring out Kyrie. And if is there any market out there? Is anybody willing to take him on? And maybe you get to the point where that's just not, you know, that just doesn't happen. And then you got to cross that bridge. And then Kevin's really got to be excited to play with his buddy or, or yeah, you're in a tough spot. Um, but if, if I'm the Nets, you still hold the power over KD. He's not going to sit out at age 34 and just watch this thing kind of whittle. So uh, my guess is I, I still think like whenever I see those betting odds, I say the Nets are, should be the favorite to have be have Kevin Durant next year. And then if you want us to put the Celtics next because of their potential to put together a package, that's fair. But I'm still, even at that base offer, I am somewhat uncomfortable with the idea of trading a 26 or soon to be 26 all-star for a 34 year old who's played minimal games over the last two years and wasn't all NBA last year because uh, you know, of all the, uh, the time missed and all that. So it, it, or, or it should have been higher, like whatever you want to call it. it. It's for me, it's just, it's, it's still a prickly subject. You saw the tweet from Jalen Brown on Monday after the reporting about mm-hmm. a Durant offer came out, just a simple SMH shaking my head. How did you interpret that? Uh, you know, maybe in my, my, my green tinted glasses, I thought it was more a reflection of, Oh boy, here we go again with these silly reports and, um, but certainly you can look at it the other way and say, oh man, here we go again. Like Celtics are trying to trade me or at least having conversations about me. You know, that's the hard part for me to gauge. I would think based on my interactions with Brad Stevens, there is an openness in the way he deals with people, a very human nature that exists. So it's hard for me to say that he's just going behind players backs and doing deals. And then like, you know, you know, sometimes GMs have to lie and be like, no, we weren't trying to trade you. Like I, there's always going to be some level of, half truths that that involves but i would i would hope in situations like this that brad before reports like this like coming out has had conversations with jalen saying you know like look either we have to examine everything that's out there your name is invariably going to come up or like just legitimately be real and put the pressure back on him by saying we're not sure what your plan is two years from now so we have to do this and again it's not it's not to slight you it's not 
that uh, you should take it and, and try to spin it as we take this positively. You're in conversation for every all MBA and MVP guy that becomes available. So um, I, I, I do think overall he's, I think he's on vacation in Spain or somewhere right now. Like he's got to be frustrated that every time he just tries to take a break, this comes up. And so I can understand Jalen Brown's frustration with it all, but I don't necessarily think it was necessarily directed at the team or like the fact that his name is bubbled up. It's just the overall, Oh, come on, here we go again. I mean, some of the response I hear, you know, on social media, for example, is, Oh, this is just media manufactured. I mean, come on. Like Jalen Brown was absolutely offered for Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. Absolutely happened. Jason Tatum was offered for Anthony Davis. At one point. Yeah. At one point early on. And then it became Mm -hmm. like the Jalen Brown, uh, centered package. I have no reason to doubt the reporting that Jalen Brown was offered for Kevin Durant. I just, I just don't. I, that, that makes sense, especially when you factor in that Brad Stevens, since he took this job as team president, has operated like a man looking to win yesterday. Like he has made deal after deal to the point where he's never going to draft ever again, it seems like, or ever, <laughs> not ever again, ever in Boston. He's going to leave poor Dave Lewin out there scouting all season long with nobody to draft um, in that, in, on draft day. Like it just He wants to win, and he believes, rightfully, that this team is on the cusp of winning. The other argument, Chris, that I've heard, and I think you'll agree with me on this, like people say, well, look, odds makers have the Celtics as the favorite to win the championship next year. Why would Boston go out and look to make a deal that breaks their team up and adds Kevin Durant to it? There's no, Internally, the Celtics don't believe they're overwhelming favorites to win mm-hmm. anything. The title, much less the, or the Eastern Conference, much less the NBA championship. They just don't. They know they may have been a Chris Middleton injury away from losing in the second round. Sure. They know they were a Jimmy Butler extra bit of oomph on his jump shot from losing in the conference finals. They know these things. Like, look, there may be one role player injury in the playoffs away next year from getting beat in the first round because sure. you look around and Philadelphia has bulked up. Atlanta is going to be better. Cleveland, if they're healthy, is going to be better. The Eastern Conference is going to be better next year and the Celtics know they can't just rest on their laurels, including just going out and getting Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. That's another part of this, Chris. It's been widely praised, rightfully, that the Celtics got Brogdon and got Gallinari. Right moves to make. Give up a first-round draft pick, just sign Gallinari, right moves to make. But that's like 10 guys that want to play at this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw last year, at the start of the season, when Dennis Schroeder was around and some of the other pieces were there, (laughs) like it's not, you know, everybody sings Kumbaya in training camp, but then you get to December, and if some guys aren't playing the minutes they want to play, it gets to be problematic with the team. So surrendering a Derek White, who has been excellent since he was tra- acquired, wouldn't bother me all that much because you got Brogdon to step into that right. role, and you reduce your rotation a little bit from 10 guys to 9 or 8 guys at that point. So, I, I look, I-, I think the Celtics are right not to be comfortable just sitting there and saying, look, we got a good team, we'll be fine, because if you can give yourself a chance to pair Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum and not give up an overwhelming amount, you've got to at least kick the tires on it. Yeah, 100%. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And just like you said, I, I, 
there's this notion. It's so funny because someone said, you know, the, the path to the playoffs isn't going to be as easy next year. And I'm thinking, man, they had to go through Brooklyn, yeah. Milwaukee and Miami and then play Golden State. I'm thinking, I don't know if it could be much tougher, but I get your point. Like there's little things like if, if Milwaukee's just a little bit healthier, if, if Brooklyn doesn't have the volatility, it's like certainly uh, with the status of the East and you can see it even in the projected win totals coming out now, you know, there's there's not going to be a dominant probably team it's going to be a, a, a war with three or four teams to just get back to where you were so you can't just bank on the fact that Brogdon who has not been super healthy and a 36 year old or 35 year old whatever it is Gallinari is going to be enough to, to sort of push you over the top and so I, I get that um, my thing is okay you make the trade for Kevin Durant. A lot of people want to bring up the Kevin Garnett situation. Well, they want to get Kevin Garnett and there was no guarantee with that window. Kevin Garnett was 30, you know, and like, I know it ended up being a longer window than you expected, but you don't win that title in 2008, man, 2009, 2010, 2011, like all that feels just like the weight of your world on you for what you gave up. And even though in hindsight, it wasn't all that prohibitive. So my fear is you make that trade all of a sudden, you know, you give up uh, what could be a long window if you want believe that Jalen Brown is going to resign. And, you know, all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure on the next two seasons. And what happens? Kevin Durant, God forbid, has another setback, hurts his Achilles again. What if he's not the same player moving forward? So it's all part of what goes into it. And one of the things I keep going back to, Brad Stevens has expressed multiple times, at least in signing Brogdon and Gallinari, there's like a, a like a tenuousness with teams and like the way you build it. And, Fair or not, as good as Kevin Durant is, he hasn't been the poster child for bringing everyone together and being on the same page. And so there's just all these little things that it's it's incredibly tantalizing to think about. Just how much of a dice roll would you be willing to make? And here's the other thing. You said it. Is Brooklyn going to take that deal? Like, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm, I'm coming back and thinking, I want Rob Williams, which you know is a deal breaker on this end. And like... I mean, I'm asking for the moon. When I see what Rudy Gobert, Danny Ainge screwed this all up for Kevin Durant because he got a ransom for Rudy Gobert, who isn't even a superstar. And now they've got to figure out how to get even more for Kevin Durant. And I don't see where they get it from. Unless it's Danny Ainge trading all those picks he just got. Yeah, and Danny's about to, or at some point, we'll get a haul for Donovan Mitchell uh, as well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports. Sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, with Durant, I'm optimistic that Durant can be an all-NBA level player for three more years, at least. Yeah. Um, I know the injuries are troubling and worrisome, especially an Achilles injury, but... In the aftermath of that Achilles injury, I watched Kevin Durant out there on the floor against Milwaukee playing 40-something minutes, and I watched mm-hmm. Kevin Durant against the Celtics in the playoffs playing 47 minutes, 48 minutes. I mean, he was just... And he was playing well, especially offensively um, for them. So I, I feel like Kevin Durant is going to be Kevin Durant for a few more years, and that's going to make a lethal combination with Jason Tatum. As far as playing in Boston... I don't know that Boston's on Durant's wish list because, again, I don't know too much about what's going through Durant's mind right now. But I do remember back in 2016, the Celtics got a meeting with Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. when he left Oklahoma City. I do know he's got a very good relationship with Al Horford, who considered signing with Oklahoma City in 2016 if Durant had decided to stay there. He also has a relationship with Ime Udoka, who... Worked Mm -hmm. on the Brooklyn bench for a year and just watched Ime Udoka coach circles around Steve Nash and the Celtics with that defense kicked the crap out of them in four games. So like, I feel like Kevin Durant would or will warm to the idea of playing in Boston. What I think this is going to come down to, Chris, is will the Celtics trade Marcus Smart, who's still in his 20s, the reigning defensive player of the year. Despite a bumpy finals, proved last year he could be a starting point guard in this league. Despite the doubters, this one included, he proved he was a lead playmaker in the NBA. Gut feeling from you, would the Celtics include Marcus Smart in a trade for Kevin Durant? So you, all you're doing is you give me the same proposal, but you're subbing out Derek White for Marcus Smart. Effectively, yeah. I would I would be surprised if that if the Celtics were got to the point where they're like Jalen's not coming back. We're going to do this deal because we're essentially trading two years with a top twenty five player to four guaranteed years with a top five player, regardless of his regression in that span. Then I don't think the supplementary pieces would hold it up. But that being said, I also then don't think that we'd be at this point in late July where we haven't crossed that bridge. You know that it ultimately comes down to I think. And you keep hearing like the, the rumors about the net, the nets are asking for a ransom. And I think that's why none of these talks have snowballed to a point where teams feel like they're in the mix. And just like you said, that probably won't occur for another month, at least a month and a half. Like as we get closer to training camp and maybe guys start filtering back in and teams are like, uh, you know, we're not in the mix with what we're seeing right now. So maybe that, that spurs teams, but there's so much prohibitiveness because of, you can't include band. You can't include eight. And like, who are the other suitors out there? 
are they just waiting for Boston to sweeten an offer? Are they waiting for Toronto to say, okay, fine, Scotty Barnes will move? Like, that's not. I don't know. Happen. The Nets are in a really tough spot for for if they if they they have to decide what's what's worse, not getting enough for Kevin Durant and like muddling through with that, or bringing it back and just seeing what happens and in the dealing with the volatility again. So, uh, not an ideal spot to be. But I mean. That's why I keep telling Celtics fans. It's funny because like everyone's like all up in arms about like us. Oh, 75% people want Jalen Brown around. 25% want Durant. Everyone's yelling at each other. Uh, and this is a team that just went to the finals. And like very rarely do teams that just went to the finals have then the assets to trade for a top five player in the NBA. Uh, so I don't know. Sometimes I, just, I wish Celtics fans could kind of sit back and smell the roses a little bit and be like, wow, they're, it's, a, it's a pretty good spot to, to be in. And like, let's just enjoy it kind of. I would not want to trade... Mal- uh, sorry, Marcus Smart in a deal. Um, because I, and I've done a 180 on Smart. Like I was on Team Lonzo Ball back in September, mm-hmm. October. And when that didn't materialize, I had plenty of questions about Smart. He proved me wrong. He proved everybody wrong. I, I was, I, I, the finals criticism, whatever. First time in the finals, a starting point guard playing against an experienced team and against Steph Curry. I'm not going to overreact to that. I do wonder though, Chris, like would Brad Stevens balk at that? Because he did just get Marcus Smart insurance. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is a capable starter mm-hmm. in this league, more than capable. And Derek White is a more than capable backup. I just, as much as I wouldn't do it, I, I would not do Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I wouldn't do it. I would hold out and hold out and hold out. And if the Nets did a deal with somebody else, that's just the cost of doing business. But Marcus Smart, I just don't know if Brad Stevens would 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 not do it because of the pieces he has ready to step in and replace him. Right. And I, the one thing that I, I, again, to go back to Brad's point about, you know, the, the tenuous, tenuousness, I need to come up with a better word for that, uh, of, of teams, but like Marcus Smart is your identity too, in terms of like defense first and being just invested in doing whatever it takes to win. And we know that Ime, when he came in, he wanted Marcus Smart on this mm-hmm. roster. You know, wouldn't it surprise me when they were trying to determine captains, which they never did, and maybe they will next year. You know, if Marcus would have, we heard that Marcus and Al and Jason and Jalen were sort of the ones in the mix for that. Would they have gone with the pillars or do you empower the pillars, but make Al and Marcus Smart your captain? So, you know, that's part of the reason that if they just don't do anything, if this, this just goes nowhere, uh, then, then I don't think the Celtics are in a bad spot because you still have all that talent that just was four minutes away from a 3-1 series lead. And that still has to grow and absolutely, like you said, needs to, to be better to be back there. But um, yeah, it's, the, it's not like the, the worst position to be in. You have to, under, you have to, what do you value most? What does, value, does Brad Stevens value most? The, the, sacredy of, uh, the sanctity of, of, of a team and everybody pulling in the same direction or does he understand that talent is king in the NBA? And so we'll learn a little bit about like, I guess the ruthlessness of of Brad Stevens, like none of these trades are easy. They wouldn't be a trade if it, if it didn't hurt to have to make. Uh, and so we'll find out because Durant's don't come along very often. Also, can we talk about how crazy it is that every guy that Danny Ainge has pretty much lusted after, uh, Brad Stevens has now gone out and acquired at some point. Like he, Danny's biggest regret was always not getting Malcolm Brogdon and Brad went and got him. Um, you know, put the, if he went and got Durant and uh, got the, 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 the team that Boston was trying for in like 2016, it would be highly ironic. When we all said, oh, Brad's going to be completely different. You know, Brad, Brad's going to be too safe of a GM. He's not going to be Trader Danny and all this. So I just find, yeah. I find it funny. Brad's probably sick of draft picks. Like he's like, I coached 
Romeo <laughs> I coached Aaron Neesmith. Like, you're not getting better we're, with some. We're done with that. Yeah, we're not doing that uh, anymore. Well, no offseason in the NBA. Certainly no offseason in Boston right now. Chris, enjoy the next month as best you can, man. I appreciate you uh, joining me on the show. Thank you so much. You too. Take a vacation, man. Nah, pass. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.